Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? Hi, Ellen. It's going really good. <laughs> Things are that's, good. That's good. Life is um, good. So today we are going to be talking about The Swedish Prince by Karina Halley, and later we are going to talk about its inspiration, Roman Holiday, with some rom-com talk. But first, Mom, what have you been reading? I actually have something I read that wasn't for the podcast. One book. Um, So the (laughs) last one we read was Arabella. That's the last full episode we did by Georgette Hare. Then I read The Witness by Nora Roberts, which was the last mini episode we did, which we really enjoyed that book. Mm-hmm. Um, then I read Say No to the Duke by Eloisa James, which is the next one in her Wilds of Lindlow Castle series, I think mm-hmm. it's called. Um, and that was lovely. And then I read The Swedish Prince by Karina Halley. Is that how you say your name? I think so. We'll go with that. If it's not, then we're sorry, Karina. Um, Yeah, so I don't know if this counts, but I started The Brazen and the Beast. No. And I started (laughs) Waiting for a Rogue by Marie Tremaine. You can't. That doesn't count. They have to. Goodreads has to say you finish those books. How dare you? When did this become a rule on our podcast? It's a rule now. Um, so before we start, if you're listening to this the day it came out, you might have noticed that we are releasing a little bit late. Um, we had some technical difficulties. So, spoiler alert, this is going to be the second time that Mom and I have had this conversation. So if we, you know, maybe seem like we've already talked about this before to each other, that's because we have. <laughs> Well, we don't um, even like to discuss what our feelings are in the books before we do the podcast because yeah. we like to keep it fresh. And yeah. um, <laughs> I'm sure you guys have noticed. <laughs> noticed. We really work hard at keeping it fresh. Um, <laughs> well, then our, our conversation just evolves organically. However, yeah. uh, this one might be a little different because we've already discussed. Yes, in depth, uh, all of this. Yes. So um, we apologize. We'll try and like, you know... Maybe, like, Mom and I will rap periodically just oh, to keep gosh. it extra fresh throughout. <laughs> yes, that would keep it super fresh. <laughs> the bile in your mouth would be fresh every time. I think it's a great idea. Um, so, back to our regularly scheduled program. Today we are going to be talking about The Swedish Prince by Karina Halley. This is the first book in her royal romance series, followed by The Wild Heir and A Nordic King. Mom, I already know the answer to this question, but did you see the covers for these books? I Well, I saw the one for the next book, and yeah, he looks extra, um, I don't know, mangy? I don't know what the word is. Mangy? <laughs> Not mangy, but he looks extra wild. I mean, he looks... Yes. He, he's Manchi has like negative connotations. I, okay, I so maybe that wasn't the perfect adjective, but he looks <laughs> extra like uh, like beastie. Yeah, he does. Um, so those those books piqued my interest just based Did on they? the covers. <laughs> Did they? <laughs> my my interest, quote unquote, is peaked. Is, is that what's peaked? <laughs> yeah. Um. So, Mom and I were kind of in a hurry to get this one done. 
<laughs> you mean you had an extra day and you still didn't How write? dare you? Don't call that out right now. <laughs> um, so I just have the back cover description. I apologize, you guys. It's It's been a day or two. Um, so she was pretty a- emotional when it didn't work out yesterday, too. So I, I was not pleased. We'll yes. just leave it at that. Um, so swear, here- swear words were said. Me? What? No. <laughs> I don't believe you. I don't swear, uh, but <laughs> You do occasionally. Don't Every now yourself. and then. <laughs> um, okay, so here's the back cover description. I never believed in fairy tales, never held out for Prince Charming. Growing up poor in small town California as the oldest of six siblings, I knew I would never ride off into the sunset with anyone. That was even more apparent when a senseless tragedy took the lives of my parents, forcing me to become the sole guardian of our dysfunctional household at the mere age of 23. Then a fateful encounter literally brought Prince Charming to my doorstep. At first, I thought Victor was just your average businessman passing through, albeit obscenely handsome, six foot five, blue-eyed, and mysteriously rich. But soon I discovered the truth behind Victor's facade. Beneath his quiet, enigmatic gaze and cocky charm is a man who is running away from who he really is, a role he'd rather not fulfill. He is Victor of House Norden, His Royal Highness, the Crown Prince of Sweden. Yet uncovering Victor's secret was only the first step. I didn't expect to fall in love with him. I didn't expect to have my whole life turned upside down. When you're from two different worlds, can your hearts meet somewhere in the middle? Or do happily ever afters only exist in fairy tales? So, Mom. Ellen. What did you think of the Swedish prince? Not that I don't already know. <laughs> I liked the Swedish prince fine. I didn't love it. I had There were some parts that I had issues with that bothered me. And I will talk about those as, as our conversation evolves. But um, it was cute. It was fine. Okay. Um, I would say that... Based on how I know you feel about this book, um, <laughs> I think it's safe to say that I liked it more than you. Yes. Um, I am perchance intrigued to read more of it, of the series, whereas I don't get the feeling that you necessarily concur. I probably will not. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I talk a big game these days about reading, about reading the rest of series and yeah. maybe don't. She's all talk follow through on um but uh i i would say i'm strongly in the really liked this but maybe didn't i couldn't quite get to the love stage on this one um i thought her writing was really fun and engaging i agree Um, i liked her writing i was especially you know with the podcast i'm gonna be i'm gonna shoot straight with you guys i um, sometimes it's kind of hard for me to get into these books that I'm scheduled to read. There's like a difference between reading books on my own versus reading books for the podcast. Um, and so sometimes it takes me a while to get into these books. But this one, I was, I was intrigued from, from go. I think, the, I think that that is in part due to the fact that I liked the beginning of this book a lot more than the end just because my problems with the book stem from uh, certain instances that happen later on in the book um, 
But I, I think the book starts off great. I really loved the beginning of this book. And I think I, I can... I agree. I liked the beginning of the book as well. I liked their meet cute. I liked her coming in on him naked. I thought that was all funny. I liked mm-hmm. her having to drag him home to her house. I I liked her calling him Mr. Swedish Driver's License. I love that part, the Mr. Swedish Driver's License, and him calling her Miss America because she called him Mr. Swedish Driver's License. Yeah. And... Um, Yes, I loved all, I thought all that was very cute and charming. Okay, so let's get in to what maybe didn't work as well for us. Um, What did you think of Maggie as our heroine? Maggie was fine. Maggie was um, cute. She was, uh, you know, kind of a, you got to admire her for what she gave up in order to go home and take care of her family. Mm -hmm. Um. After her parents were murdered, she left NYU and came home and took care of her her siblings. And I think what they did, I think what the, she did really well with Maggie is, um, I yes, I totally respect her for making that decision to um, come back and take care of her siblings. I also appreciate that it was not even like something that she considered doing the alternative of, and even Victor like kind of says you know, to her a few times, like, no, that's a huge thing. Not everybody would have well, just... She said, like, I had to. And he's like, no, you didn't. You didn't have to. Yeah. You know, there were other things that could have happened. And she's like, no, I had to. Yeah. So. so I appreciated that. And then the other thing that I really liked about her and how she's portrayed is kind of this, like, survival mode that she gets into on a daily basis you know, for the past year since her parents died. And I thought that that's, I think that that's really authentic to somebody that's kind of going through what she's going through. Yeah. You know, just getting this thrust upon her and kind of losing everything, all of her kind of future that she had set up and just kind of plugging away, you know, she's just got to survive and make sure that her siblings are being taken care of. And I thought that that was really well done. I, I agree with all those things. I agree. I liked Maggie. I thought she was sweet. Um, I had some problems with her towards the end when we get to talking about the conflict. Yes. We um, have things to say on that front. Yes. Both of us. And um, I think I'll save my other comments for when we talk about Victor. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, w- I would say, you know, she's not like my favorite heroine ever but I, I I did appreciate a lot of things yeah I mean about she'd her as a character been dealt a crappy hand and she was dealing with it as best and she could. things that I mean I don't I mean like a situation that we haven't really seen portrayed at least not that often in another book so with I her appreciated that. raising all her siblings and yeah 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 um okay what did you think of Prince Victor okay. as our hero I liked Prince Victor fine. There were a couple of things that I was like, eh, okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to get, get into, into it, it Mom. <laughs> First of all, I thought he was very quick to forgive her for recording him. I thought that that was, because um, they go to on a date, and her friend talks her into, her friend knows who he is and explains to her who he is, and so she knows who he is. And so her friend talks her into recording their date so that she can kind of get information on him and then write an article about him and sell the article so she can make some money. And um, so she's got her phone going. She's recording their whole date. 
and um, he she drops her phone at one point and he sees that she's been recording the whole thing and yeah. he gets pissed as one would and um, you know they go their separate ways he was very quick to forgive her for that and I feel that that is kind of a Oh, bigger, that's a bigger deal than it a was bigger trust issue than yeah it just seems like especially for a prince who i'm sure that he's used to people trying to finagle their way into you know his you know for Inner various and- yeah various reasons trying to finagle information out of him trying to finagle stuff out of him so that they could do the same thing sell sell it to the tabloids or whatever and yeah i mean it seems like this would be something that he's dealt with on a regular basis and he's so quick to forgive her for that when that seemed like a huge you know he's he's so quick to forgive and it becomes such a non-issue that i had like completely forgotten about that element (laughs) when when mom initially brought it up as being a bugaboo and um yeah i have to i have to say i i concur and I, you know, it's maybe even something, I mean, this is horrible to say, but it's maybe something that he could have even kind of thrown in her face when she was like struggling with the, yeah, the paparazzi towards the end. Maybe it could have been like, not so fun, is it? <laughs> to have <laughs> having someone, you know, record everything you say and you know. yeah, um, but he didn't. So we'll give him the high road on that one. Yeah. Um, However, this is the other, this is where this all spills into more. When they go to have sex for the first time, and yeah. he, he's a prince, and she's you know hotel maid, which you know, God bless nothing her for that. that. Yeah, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. But they go to have sex for the first time, and you know their conversation, as we've heard these conversations in other books many times, is mm-hmm. you know, oh I'm on the pills and I'm clean, and he says, well I'm clean too, I've been tested, so let's just have sex without a condom. And we trust each other, and we're all yeah. good. Yeah, and-, and it's like. Okay, dude. Okay. So you're a prince. So there's n- you have no concern whatsoever that someone might lie to you about being on the pill so they could get pregnant with your baby and then have a royal baby. That's that's not something that concerns you you're in any way. You're concerned about. Yeah, that. that just seems to me like a like a no-brainer. I mean, at least cuz he really hasn't known her that long. Like Literally. celebrities, professional athletes, and royalty. That just should be like, yeah, you like, suit up every time. Every time. At least until you like are in a committed thing. Because, yeah. gosh dang, all it would take is one little lie, and she's already lied to him about something. And, you know, he glossed over that, which, okay. And at he, that point, it, that was like fairly recent memory, too. Yeah, it's like which, three days later, seriously. Yeah. And, um... So he's just like, okay, I totally trust you that you're on the pill and that there's no way that, that we're going to get a child out of, the, you know, a love child out of this. And I'm just like, really? Really? That seems really, ugh, like not, that doesn't yeah. seem like, that took me out of that that moment yeah. big time. Obviously, um, that did not bother me as much in the moment. <laughs> like, I didn't even think about that. And so I, I my mind didn't go straight there, but... Now that you bring it up, yes, that is a very valid concern. And, and I don't know if it's the mood I was in when I was reading this book, if I was just feeling snarky and just, you know, dumping on everything. But I had a problem with the fact that he's just like, yeah, okay, let's just have sex without condoms because, you know, <laughs> there's no way that you would want to have my love baby and, and use that to get money from me. That's just would never be a concern. 
You guys, yeah. take note. Like, 65-plus episodes, and this is the first time where I get to play good cop <laughs> and mom is bad cop. This well, is a mod... This is a I monumental don't hate the book. Episode. I just these are little things, little nitpicky things that I was like. <laughs> I know, but I am usually the nitpicky I know, you one. Are. You are, and for some reason, I don't know what it is. This one, I'm loving it. I'm loving trip my it. buttons. Okay, so here's my other victory thing. Jeez, <laughs> and <mom>. I did. <laughs> this is just a little thing that made me go. <laughs> okay, right, so he's he's a, this prince, and he's usually very sweet and charming, and. You know, doesn't throw down it in earth. her down to earth. Doesn't throw it in her face about him being mm-hmm. a prince. But here's the deal. So, and she's a hotel maid, which I think this is is you know a thing to point out at this. But they're in this hotel room, very swanky hotel room, and he lights up a joint. Which whatever, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. But she immediately is like, "You can't smoke that in here because you know you can't smoke in a non-smoking hotel room. I don't even right. know if they have smoking hotel rooms anymore. But you can't smoke in a hotel room." period anything and um and he's just like don't worry about it we'll be fine so his whole thing is i'm a prince no one's going to bother me i can i can smoke this joint if i want to smoke this joint in this this hotel room and that kind of bugged me because he's usually not like that but for him to be that way at that moment kind of was like oh i see how it is so you really are kind of a i don't need to follow the rules kind of prince you know i can do what i want comes off a little as entitled right yes very much so. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, remind me not to stay in that swanky hotel room after you've been there because I don't want that pot smell in there. But, yeah. you know, that's just me. Maybe everyone else is fine with it. Go ahead, dude. Do what you want. <laughs> Mom is coming for me. I am. <laughs> <laughs> no, that just, that part, I was just like, eh. That was one little turn off. So I liked Victor. <laughs> I know. I liked Victor, too, usually. I mean, obviously, he's described as being extraordinarily tall and handsome. And I you mean, gotta... he is Victor of the mighty cock, as it is. Yes. I mean, that thing is described as pretty impressive several times. Yeah. So. He impressed her multiple times with it. Um, <laughs> he impressed upon her the <laughs> magnitude of his appendage. Um, yes, he did. I and like the other thing that was working in his favor is that several times he's kind of like compared to Alexander Skarsgård and having like been in the presence of Alexander Skarsgård in person a few times I can attest that man is impressive like he's he's attractive on screen but in person he's just there's been like a few people that I've met in person where it's like I cannot take my eyes off you, and he is one of them. Like, he is just, like, awe-inspiring. So that was working for me. Um, By the way, the other one that was like that was Michael Fassbender. I, like, he was spellbinding. He was. I I, I will agree. Yeah. I wasn't in the panels with you for the Skarsgård one. Mom was not a True Blood fan, whereas I was. was, So I was not a True Blood fan. Um... But Victor, I thought, I thought he was really sweet. And, like, he has so many, like, really sweet moments with her and these big kind of grand gesture speeches that he gives her. I agree and with all those things, Ellen. I agree. I agree. I was just pointing out the things that kind of made me go, eh. I know. Um, and I loved that he sounded really hot. 
And, like, and also, I mean, like, a swoony prince, that's always going to be nice, you know? Because um, we are, like, literally bred and reared to want a prince. Like, that's... Everybody is. Yeah, that's how we're, we're trained as children. <laughs> um, Thank you, Disney. Yeah, I liked, I really liked him, and I thought that he was really sweet with her, and I really liked how into her he was for, like... Like, from the get-go. Yeah, and I liked that he seemed to respect how much, uh, how strong she was. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with the, all those things. I agree. I concur. Okay. Um, all right, so... Do we want to get into my complaint that is in the form of a question? Let's talk about sex first. No, we talk about sex last. Oh, okay. Never mind. Forget that I brought that up. <laughs> Mom, there's an order to these things. <laughs> is there? I, I can't tell. <laughs> and, don't, and don't try to step on my song. I saw you trying to do it. <laughs> okay. Yes. Let's, what are we going to talk? Oh, the, yeah. Okay. Yes. Ask me your okay. question. So here's my complaint in the form of a question. What did she, exactly did she think dating this guy was going to be okay. like? I had a huge problem with the whole conflict at the end. And, I mean, so much of it. So, okay, here's the deal. First of all, I wasn't crazy about the idea of him hiding her away, but I understood it. You know, she comes out to Sweden, and he's kind of yeah. trying to keep it on the DL, and and I think he's more trying to like protect their bubble because he knew that like shit was going to hit the fan as soon as they went public. I so agree. I think he's kind of trying to just keep it to themselves and just let them keep having a normal, fun relationship. So I think that I I would agree more with what that. The secret thing was okay. So it gets out who she is, and then the tabloids go bonkers with all as this they always as they do. always do and they print all kinds of lies about her you know about her being a prostitute about her killing her own parents about i mean all kinds of crazy stuff yeah. but you had to know going into this that first of all once they found out about you they were going to dig up every little aspect of your life that was just it had to happen like you said they've mentioned they mentioned um harry and megan Multiple times. I said this yesterday when we recorded. So. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The book mentions Harry. We're going Harry, to reference <laughs> Harry and Megan multiple times. And it's like, okay, well, did you see how that went laid out? Did you see what, what yeah, how I she know. got it's dragged like, through the ringer? Okay. So that was that. I mean, so towards the end. So basically when they both get to Sweden is when things i really love the whole the whole beginning in california i love all of that i have no beef really with that whole segment of the book when they get to sweden is when things start to kind of deteriorate is when it goes from a love to a really like for me um i just don't understand how this was such a surprise to her. Like, literally, she's in journal. She's a journalism student. Yes. <laughs> and she doesn't see this coming, that they're going to... I mean, I understand that we as Americans don't care about Swedish royalty that much. But even if you start dating the most 
popular famous man in a small town, your life becomes under the microscope more. So you have to at least know that dating the prince in Sweden, who will eventually be king, is going to at least get you a lot of attention in Sweden, which is what happens, which is how well, that and she had to know that they down. were going to hound her. They were going to hound her family. She had to know that this was going to happen. I mean, it's not yeah. like it's a big surprise. And it it's 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 just and here's here is my my main problem here becomes where my main problem with her is so he from the beginning he's always thinking like i think she could be a great princess i think she could be a great partner to have by my side he's thinking that way from the beginning i don't know what the hell she's thinking because late like periodically through the book you know she says things like Oh, I don't want that job of being princess. Oh, who would want to do this? And it's like, then why the hell are you dating him? Yeah. Like, where do you see this going? Unless you expect him to abdicate, which doesn't even seem possible because his brother's gone now. I mean, he's literally the only one who could be king. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. What What are you thinking? Why are you sticking yeah, around for I this? Yeah, and I found that off-putting. And especially, like, if... If she just wanted to have, like, some fun with this hot prince of Sweden, then she should have cut it off when, when, when he, he left, left California. California and just been like, okay, that was fun. It's been real. And it would have kind of been similar to our Roman holiday, which we're going to talk about later. And it just would have been like, that was a fun week. I'm, I'll always remember this week. And, it, and say your farewells. But in this case... They keep dating. They're putting in the effort. So why is she putting in the effort if she's like, I don't want to be princess. Who would, who the hell would want that job? And, and literally, so they have this episode with, with the paparazzi yeah. where her sister gets knocked down. But she's not really hurt. I mean, she gets knocked down. and, and it's, They're all shaken, and that's yeah. respectable and fine. Right. That's, is so her and, and Victor have this argument, you could say, you know, mm-hmm. about it. And... Literally, she leaves, like, during the night. Like, he wakes up in the morning, and she and her brothers and sisters are all gone. And yeah. it's like, seriously, you were in love, like, in love, couldn't live without this guy, and now one little thing happens. That's, you know, this is not the first book where we've read where I feel this way. No, but it's not. one little we're thing happens. Very... It gets, something difficult happens, and you're out of there? What kind of love is that? I mean, ha- yeah. that just, it's like, Really? I, I worry about your relationship if that's the way you react to, you know, a difficult situation with the person the, that you're madly in love with. Yeah, and the thing that I respect about this is that at least they call it out in this book, because I wrote down this line when they're having that argument, you know, she says something like, I love you, but I don't know that I can love being with you. And he's like, it's the same thing. And she's yeah. like, no, it's not. And he says, this is the quote, when you love someone, you'll be with someone, no matter the cost. And I, I have to say, I kind of agree with that. If you really love someone, and I realize that his his situation is kind of an extenuating circumstance that is not going to happen to a lot of people, but if she's this madly in love with him, and she, if she's been kind of stringing him along, it's like, I just, I could never fully get on board with her because I'm like what are you doing if you don't want to be in this with him 
like, if you love him, you're in this with him. And I realize it's a big thing that you're signing up for and being with him, but you're the one who carried on this relationship. Yeah. So that's what you sign up for when you carry on with this relationship. And so I couldn't ever, I was, I was so confused as to what she was expecting out of this whole situation. Yeah. I, I, I don't know, Ellen. I, I and, did have a problem with the conflict. Luckily it, you know, resolved itself pretty quickly. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, they, they, but still just her knee jerk reaction to that. I was just like, really? I mean, really? Well, and this whole argument that they have, um, prior to her leaving, um, they both did not handle themselves well. No, they both. But she kind of left me feeling kind of icky about her in that argument. Um, she gets really judgy, like, about him and his family. First of all, my experience with with the European people is that they are just a little bit more emotionally shut off as a people in general than, than we as Americans are. Um, and, I mean, that's, like, the stereotype of Americans is that we're loud and emotional, um, which I think they get from our daytime TV. Um, but... Uh, or just being she, around us for any length of time. <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. Um, but she, like, calls his dad an emotionless robot, and she's like, is that what you're going to become, too? And he's like, yeah, you sort of have to become that when you are royalty. And I don't know, like, it, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way that she she called out his dad, who just lost his, his son. son, like, a couple months before this is all happening and she's getting judgy with him about it and that kind of rubbed me the wrong way and I don't know there was there was a few things on that argument where I was like mm, uh, this is getting ugly and I yeah. don't like it <laughs> which maybe makes it more real but because he was... said some stuff too that was really like oh really Ugh. yeah he catches himself pretty quickly, though, on right. a lot of and it. Then, and yeah, he does, and he apologizes for it, but still, it's... Yeah, it was, anyway. it was, getting, yeah. It was getting ugly. Um, but just just her lack of um, clarity on where she was in this relationship and how she felt about the whole royalty thing was... Also, I mean... This might make me an awful person. Yeah, you are. Thank you. Go ahead. Um, but is it bad that I kept thinking and wondering why she wasn't looking at this as a material benefit to her and her family? Well, here's the deal. She could have sat down and made a pros and cons list. I mean... Definitely the paparazzi hounding them is a con, okay? Yeah. But freaking look at the pros here. I mean, your family, you know, as April pointed out, her sister, let's get out of the murder house. Yeah. Uh, literally, I mean, this is an opportunity for them to move out of the house where their parents were murdered yeah. and, you know, go start a new life somewhere else where it's not, you know, they don't have to worry about money. They don't have to worry about, you know, they've got... Yeah people taking care of them. I mean, her siblings literally. will be set up 
for life. For life. Going to college and yeah, yeah, all these things she would never be able to give them, they will have. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, fact, let's deal I mean, with some I paparazzi get, and move forward from this. Yeah. <laughs> I get not wanting to like explicitly call, I don't know, but, but the fact that like there's never any mention of like my siblings, I mean, will be so much because, you know, especially for how much she's worrying in the beginning of the book about making sure that they're provided for. Well, and she's and getting like, her sister away from all the negative stuff she's hanging out with, you yeah. know, April. Well, uh, okay, so pro for Victor, I thought he was super sweet with her family. And I loved that he, like, fell in love with her family as much as her. And I loved him with Callum was really cute. And then his moment with April, I thought, was really sweet. And I liked that whole interaction that they had and where she was just like, I just want my sister. I don't want her to be my mom. I want my sister back. Here's the, the one thing I would have liked to have seen, and I, I don't know, maybe there's a reason that it didn't play in the story, but I would have really liked Victor to call a press conference when they started spreading all these lies about her and, mm-hmm. and you know, saying that she was a prostitute, saying that she murdered her parents, saying that, you know, I mean, there was just one thing after another. Yeah, as there call, always is. Yeah, call a freaking press conference and just say, Okay, here's the deal. I'm in love with this girl. She's from Tehachapi, California. She's was a hotel maid. I mean, just give them the bullet points. Yeah. But, you know, this is the girl that I want to spend my life with. Things I mean, that are not true. She yeah. Did not her <laughs> she should not marry your par- parents. In fact, that's pretty a pretty touchy subject. And when you guys say stuff like that, it's very very hurtful. And so yeah. you are being completely, you know, unfeeling about this poor girl and the things she's gone through. I mean, call the media out on the crap they're doing. Yeah. Get up there kept, and stand up for her. I did keep thinking, like, it was going to build up to some moment where they do, like, some personal sit-down with some, you know, Swedish news person where it's just like, okay, we want to clear the air on a couple things. Here's this, this, this. This is my my girlfriend i love her greatly these are things about her and even letting her like tell her own story i right. thought that that might have endeared her to the public or something like that right. and um so i kept thinking it was going to build to that as well um and it didn't and it didn't whatever that's i was kind of thinking that that might be some kind of grand gesture that they might you yeah. know pull off but it didn't happen that way yeah um but and then the other thing with her is so back to the material benefits of their relationship. <laughs> Ellen is really focused on these material well, benefits. I was like, homegirl, like think with your brain a little bit here. But also the fact that she leaves and well the fact that she brings them to Sweden and they're all on board, but then she brings them away from Sweden. Like drags them all home. And doesn't consult i mean i guess it's not up to them if she wants to stay in a relationship with the swedish prince but I don't well know. they all knew that he was gonna propose to her yeah i mean he had he had talked to them about it already and and you know the fact that none of her siblings said whoa 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 whoa, whoa wait let's not leave just yet yeah. <laughs> but i guess if she's you know ready and raring to go that's maybe not the best time and to be she like, was probably but wait pissed. he was gonna propose <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, as usual, I had a problem with the conflict. But 
Do you have anything else that you want to mention about the conflict? Or are you ready for... I'm ready to move on because I got more to say about this. Let's talk about sex, baby. Okay, mom. <laughs> I feel like I'm really dumping on this book. And I really didn't hate it as much as Here's I sound the like. the thing that we always need to say when we feel like we're harping on a book. You guys, it's so much easier to nitpick a book than it is to sit here and list all the reasons that we love it. So there are a lot. Like I said, I loved the first half of this book. I thought it was fantastic. I was super engaged the entire time. Um, But when you are critically analyzing a book like this for a situation where you know you're going to talk about it, you tend to pick up on the things that you don't like more. Well, you read it looking for things that you can talk talk about. about. And usually if you're going to find something to talk about, it's things that you don't like as much. So that is my disclaimer. Here's my thing with the sex. Let's talk about sex, baby. Okay, here's my thing with the sex. First of all, it was... um, Intense. It was. I kept thinking, I was like, please stop choking her. My mom has to read this. (laughs) Stop choking her out while my mom's reading. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they do use the C word, which I'm not a huge fan of, but, you know. The see you next Tuesday. Yes, that that word. Um, Because you don't care about the the cockadoodle do. No. Oh, yeah. I don't care about that word. Um, yeah. Anyway, every now and then I read a book where the sex is described so intensely and they go into so much explicit, um, you know, description of the sex, which, you know, is fine, whatever. But in some books, that's so well explained or so that it takes away from their relationship i feel like like their relationship is not explained as well as the sex is explained and then i start to think is this relationship purely based on sex and literally in this book you know they make the comment when they first get to sweden if we could just have sex then we would reconnect because they didn't feel like they were connecting right away. everything will be better again everything will be better if we just have sex and i'm like whoa whoa that's not a good place for a relationship to be in if you Mm -hmm. can't connect without sex then you need to rethink this relationship and um they so much there was so much emphasis on the sex that i never really saw the relationship develop outside of the sex and that kind of took me out of some of it yeah i here's the thing with this one i mean we've we've read books i think where there is as much time and energy spent describing the sex scenes as is done here. Um, I, I, my, like in most recent memory, I would say that there is as much sex in Fix, Fix Her Up as there is here and to the same kind of extent, if you're following me. Um, Yes. But uh, I would say that Outside of the sex, the relationship development between these two is a lot of uh, telling and not showing us the growth of their relationship. It's just like, I love her so much. They just keep saying that. And then the showing is them having sex all the time. And, And yes, kind of like you said, I would have less problem. But in this book, they specifically say like... 
we're all we're we're better when we're having sex and it's yeah. like okay i just need to have sex with her right now that's to, nice to over get overcome this thing and it's like hmm. yeah it's like anytime they're having kind of a weaker spot in their relationship it's like it will be better if we can have sex and that is probably the case and it's certainly the case i think for a lot of people but i have to wonder at the health of the relationship when right. that is the foundation. I agree, Ellen. That's exactly how I feel. <laughs> um, but I didn't feel that the relationship was developed enough for me personally to feel like they had much outside of the sex. I think for I think for her, maybe... I mean, he is very sweet with her. So he I think that's sweet. kind of where she's coming from. And I think part of it is is kind of what I was talking about. She's been in this survival mode, and along comes this, even without the prince thing, this guy who's very sweet and good to her and kind of takes her out of this survival mode a little bit. And then I think with him, I think he appreciates that... I mean, I think he's probably... I don't think this is ever, like, explicitly stated, but that he's always surrounded by these people who are going after him and who are interested in him for for his title and things like that, whereas this is actually a person of substance who... Right. Well, even if they had described that more, like, he's just always surrounded by these women who want only want him for his title and want, yeah. you know, if they described that more, if they had gone into more of that, kind of like in, which one was it? The, um, the worst best man, was that it? Where yeah, they, so. where they had all those really terrible bridesmaids. Yeah. Remember. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they were just one. horrible, horrible people. And, um, you know, then he meets her and she stands out because she's different from all these other people. And yeah. if we had had more of that, explained or shown in some way then maybe I would have been more on board but I just I just couldn't figure out why this relationship was just so explosive you know so I just love him so much like within two or three days so yes I I concur I I would agree with that um I think again that's maybe something that wouldn't have bothered me as much if I wasn't reading the book critically. Um, but we've talked before about how I, I sometimes have a hard time with this element of telling us that things are happening rather than showing us that things are happening. And especially in a romance with the relationship, you you want to see moments of that love developing and you want that to be more than just sex. At least I do. Right. I know that I, they're... You know and I listen, do. Yeah, and and I think there is a whole subgenre where that is not the case of, <laughs> of romance, where... Where it's just all sex. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there is a time and place for that, but... Reading with your mother? With my mom, maybe it's not the time or place. <laughs> it's not the place where you want that to be? Yeah. Well, and I, this isn't the first book where I felt this way, because I know I've talked about this before on the podcast, but this whole idea of going in so depth about the sex that the relationship, the description of the relationship suffers because yeah. you've spent so much time describing the sex. 
Um, that's just me. Maybe other people are fine with it. No, I, I, I concur. Um, so let's let's talk about something that we, we liked in this one, Mom. What was your swooniest moment? Well, I did love, love, love his interactions with her family. And I loved him cooking dinner for them. And I loved him with her little brother, Calum. And Calum was just so in awe of him. And and and, um, I love his like hoardy, hoardy, bork, bork, bork. Yeah, the Swedish chef. The Swedish chef. (laughs) So you are literally a Swedish chef. And um, (laughs) and, you know, when they came for Christmas up up in Sweden and his family was really sweet with, you know, her family. And um, and I loved his dis- his discussion with April when they first got to Sweden. And you know, he's like, "Is this a terrible idea for me to ask your sister Mary?" She's like, "No, it would be fantastic. We can get out of the murder house. We can, you know, move away from you know this terrible town where everyone just sees us as victims." And yeah, yeah, I I just loved his interactions with her family. Yeah, I I concur. That was I had if I had to pinpoint one, I picked him coming over to cook for her family just because I think he's really sweet in that moment. I even like when there's a moment where he's being really fun and cute with the kids, and she's like, "My ovaries are exploding <laughs> yeah. at this interaction right now." Oh, and when he tells the story or he's telling the stories, and all of those yeah. siblings are coming in and listening, and it was cute. Yeah, um, so I really liked that. I thought that the proposal was also cute. The proposal was very cute. I love that Nick didn't spell Mary right. <laughs> English is weird, you know, and I appreciate it. They sound I exactly the same. <laughs> Mary true. and Mary. Um, so I thought that was funny. Um, so as much as we had to say about this book, I... Oh, I, and can I also say I did love her relationship with Nick and Bodie. Yeah, his butler and his little—I don't know who he was—housekeeper, whatever <laughs> yeah. he was. Yeah, I—I I liked that whole like little Sweden family. And then when she came going. back to Sweden, then they're like, "Oh, we're so glad you're back!" And yeah, we're so happy to see her. I did like that. Um, yeah. So I—I can—I can definitely say like I enjoyed the book more than I didn't, and I even really liked the book. And um. I just had some problems with some of the motivation and um, conflict stuff there towards the end. Well, and I liked the book too. I I'm glad I read it. I you know it's not like it was difficult for me to get through. Yeah, there were just little things that kind of took me out of the story a little bit. And as we sit here and talk about them, we just kind of harp on are harping on those things. And yeah. I don't want you to feel like you know we're harping on yeah. just the which, negatives, which yeah. we are, which we are, <laughs> but. That's what we're going to do. Um, okay, so let's hear what some of you thought. Um, Elizabeth said, I love this whole series by Karina Halley, but especially this book because it gives us the happily ever after we are robbed of in the movie, referring to Roman Holiday. I love a damaged hero, and this prince fit the bill. Even though he rescued the heroine by saving her from a life of cleaning motel rooms, I feel like she rescued him more. And I, I would concur with that. She kind of gives him more sense of purpose and Well, we haven't of, really talked about how they bonded over the fact that they both suffered great loss. Him yeah. with his brother and her with her parents. And that was kind of a big bonding thing for them. So Yeah, for sure. Um, Jessica says, love the Swedish Prince. It's been a while since I've read it, but it's so, so good. Probably my favorite of the series, which is good to know, considering I'm thinking about 
reading the rest of the series. <laughs> um, Heather says, it's been a bit since I've read this book. However, I love anything Karina Halley writes. The whole series is phenomenal. Um, Ayeda says, I think I would have liked it more if I hadn't been expecting a version of The Prince in Me. It's been a long time since I've seen that one. It's a I'm not early sure I ever saw it, but okay. rom-com classic girl. Uh, it was still good, especially when the heroine's youngest brother was in the scene. I also liked how the story introduced the protagonist of the following book, which I liked even more. And so that's so you know conflict over and we didn't talk about about magnus but magnus was he was a character in and of himself (laughs) romance hero that's for sure yeah that's true uh she says if i'm to criticize something i was uncomfortable when uh maggie mispronounced uh oh Oh, i keep forgetting about that that (laughs) that was like nails on a chalkboard to me here she's she's college i mean she's nyu nyu student yeah. And she doesn't know how to pronounce Chopin. 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 Now I'm now, now I'm now all we're... self-conscious. She said chopping or chopping or chopping. something. Chopping. Chopping. Ugh. Yeah. Seriously. Uh, she says it makes no sense that someone as smart as her wouldn't know how to say the name of one of the world's most famous composers. Well, she was even using it in the context of how she loves to listen to cl- classic music, and it's like yeah. really, and you don't know how to say Chopin. Anyway. I, and now I'm getting self-conscious of how I'm saying it. I know. It, but I at least know you don't say it chopping. Chopping. I know it's not chopping. <laughs> um, Jason said, I enjoyed the book, but I just couldn't love it for some reason. But the book was enjoyable. Maybe Jason, you couldn't same. love it for the same reasons that we couldn't. So that, yeah. think about that, Jason. Message me, Jason. Tell me how, mu- how much you agree with everything I've said. <laughs> we'll see. Um, Jessica says, I didn't think I would like it, but I did. I stayed up way past my bedtime reading it. I loved the part with her little brother making fun of Victor with all the Swedish chef stuff. Hurdy schmurdy bork bork. Uh, LOL. Uh, there were several swoony moments with Victor. He was very sweet. And that is all true. All true. All true. He was very sweet. And then Ashley says, there were some things I didn't love about the book, but overall it was an okay read. I loved the author's note at the beginning. Roman Holiday is an all-time favorite. Gregory Peck and Audrey Hepburn are perfection. And that will lead us nicely into the second half of our episode. Um, So those are our thoughts, mixed and varied, and some of your thoughts on The Swedish Prince by Karina Halley. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is Not Your Mom's Facebook group, our Goodreads group, our Twitter, which is Not Your Mom's, at Not Your Mom's Rom, or you can email us at notyourmomsromancebookclub at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On August 12th, the day before my birthday, we'll be discussing <laughs> The Flat Share by Everybody Beth- mark that on your calendar, Ellen's birthday, <laughs> August 13th. We'll be discussing The Flat Share by Beth O'Leary in our next mini episode. And Mom and I will be together for that episode. We will. Well. Um... So for now, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll be talking about Roman Holiday. So stay with us. It's time for a break. It's time for a break. The break is when we do the news and mail. Mom is eye rolling. I don't like it. (laughs) Can they hear me on the podcast? Can they hear my eyes rolling back in my head? I hope not. That'd be gross. Um... 
So we have some emails to read this time, both related and chock full of Nora Roberts recommendations. So we enjoyed The Witness so much that we were curious as to where to even begin with the back catalog of Nora Roberts. Um, And because... It well, is, it sounds like whatever mood you're in, she's got the book for she's you. She's got something. It's crazy. <laughs> this this woman is all over the map. It's impressive. Um, so here's what Sarah said in her email. She says, hey, ladies, I'm listening now to your latest ep about The Witness. And once I heard mom say she wanted more Nora, I just had to stop and write a few wrecks. Uh, so there's two old school trilogies of hers that I read a few years ago and still love. The first is the Circle Trilogy. Book one is called Morrigan's Cross. It's a paranormal trilogy where these six strangers, a pair, each get their own book, have to come together to stop the world being taken over by Lilith. Hey, that's the chick's name in uh, Supernatural. Supernatural. (laughs) Anyway, uh, who I think was the queen of the vampires. It's not all sucking blood, though. It's just one vampire in the group, and the rest all have a different power or skill. I kind of forget what they all were, though. (laughs) I think one was a shifter. But anyway, it's more about how they have to work together for a greater good. She also adds a lot of Irish slash Scottish stuff, uh, too, which I love. Plus, it's one of the rare series I've reread since I loved it so much. So, I didn't even know that Nora Roberts did Paranormal. She's, well, there you go. All over the place. Um, Sarah continues, the other is the Sign of Seven trilogy, and book one is Blood Brothers. This one I don't remember as well, but it's also paranormal and focuses on three brothers. So those are my must-read Noras. I don't read her a lot either, and I didn't like the J.D. Robb series, but these were right up my alley, especially if you like mystery with a touch of paranormal. Hope those sound good to you both. Take care, Sarah. Um, So I'm intrigued because... I sometimes just get in the mood where I'm like, you know what? I need a good paranormal. That's what I need right now. So I'm always looking for a good paranormal recommendation. Um, Sarah mentions that she does not love the J.D. Robb series, but I think, Mom, that might actually be the most... um, I will have to check it out. ...in tune to Mom's uh, tastes, personally. Um Our second email comes from Katie. She says, Hi, ladies. Just listened to your latest episode, and it was very interesting to see your pre-existing opinions about Nora Roberts. I was curious why she seems left out of much of Romance Landia. Um, So I I was thinking about how we talked about my pre-existing notions about Nora Roberts. And I think kind of what it stems from is just because she is so popular and prevalent in... I, don't, I, I think maybe I didn't think she had it in her to be as prevalent to the romance community. You didn't think be- she had as good a sex in there as she did. It's, yeah, basically. <laughs> because she's so mainstream that you figured the sex wasn't going to be any good. I don't even know if it, I mean, yeah. Come it on, probably, Ellen. It probably is <laughs> I know sex. you. But even prior to when I was reading romance, and I think I just kind of equated it to kind of just, I don't know, Nicholas Sparks is kind of what I equated it to. Right, and right. she's got a lot more bite to her than that. Um, Katie continues, she was one of my first romance reads. My grandmother had a shelf of Nora Roberts novels in the guest rooms. My first real, uh, my real first was Sandra Brown, which is hilariously dated to look back on. The heroes have lots of chest hair and mustaches. 
That's what you get for reading your grandmother's romance novels. (laughs) The Magnum P.I. look. Yeah. Um, Kitty continues, I'm not on Facebook, so this might be repeated, but I thought I'd suggest a few of my favorite Nora Roberts novels for you. Uh, The Search, another romantic suspense novel, and The Heroine Trains Search and Rescue Dogs. It's one I've reread a few times, and that was one that was recommended by a lot of people on Facebook. By multiple people on Facebook. Yeah. Um, Then she recommends Midnight Bayou. It takes place in New Orleans and has a very strong sense of place. Um, So I am familiar with Midnight Bayou because it was made into a Lifetime movie. And there was like this whole slew of Nora Roberts books that were made into Lifetime movies. And my friend in college and I decided that we were going to watch this Lifetime marathon. And my friend cannot do an accent to save her life. And she kept trying to say Midnight Bayou with like this Cajun accent. And it just kept sounding like Midnight Bayou. And it like, I don't (laughs) know what she was going for. Not an accent at all. (laughs) Yeah. So anytime I see Midnight Bayou, it makes me think of that. Um, Katie continues with her recommendations. The Gallagher's of Ardmore Trilogy. Uh, Roberts has a thing with Ireland, and this one is an example of that. It has some fantasy elements as well. The second book in this series is my favorite. Uh, The Born In Trilogy, another Ireland fan fest. My favorite is the second book, Born In Ice. The series is more straight romance, not as much fantasy. And finally, a few of her books were made into movies for Hallmark. I think Hallmark, maybe Lifetime. I think I know some were made into Lifetime. Uh, they're in the same vein as other made-for-TV movies on those channels, but might be entertaining to watch. Um, I'm on board. Mom, less so, because she doesn't <laughs> love those things, but I do love those things. Um, Katie says, thanks for the weekly entertainment, and thank you, Katie, for sending in that list of recommendations, because um, I am curious for more Nora Roberts and see if, you know, I can get over my preconceived notions about her. Um Agreed. Final reminder for this break segment, we are going to be at the Dallas Book Bonanza this we- this coming weekend, weekend, and we are very excited, and we hope that if some of you are there, that we get to see you and say hi and give you some mom snuggles, because mom's so <laughs> snuggly. <laughs> mom is such a cuddle bug. Um, anyway... We're super excited. We get to have breakfast with Penny Reed. We're very excited. Um, Anyway, we hope that if you're there that you'll, like, shoot us a tweet or something and let us know, and we'll try and meet up with you. Anyway, that's it for our break mail time segment. Uh, Keep sending them in, and we'll keep reading them. Thank you. Welcome back. So as the author note for this book indicates, this book takes some serious inspiration from the 1953 film Roman Holiday starring Audrey Hepburn and Gregory Peck. So we thought we would do a rom-com talk about Roman Holiday. Mom, my first question, is this a (laughs) rom-com? Yes, because it's romantic and there is comedy. Do you subscribe to the same criteria that we hold for our romance in that this has to have a happy ending? Well, I I don't think that this has what you would necessarily call a happy ending or a happily ever after kind of ending. Mm -hmm. However, I think if it had ended differently, it would not have been as great a movie as it is. I really like 
the way it ends. Tell me more about that. About that? Okay. Well, I love the fact that they both gave up so much mm-hmm. for their romance. I mean, really, they obviously fell in love with each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, that scene where they're saying goodbye in the car is heart-wrenching. Yeah. And um, then when they see each other the next day, and he has not written the story that he was, you know, literally lost thousands of dollars um, because he didn't write the story about her. And she is giving him up because she needs to go back and finish being a princess. Mm -hmm. And um, I think they both took the higher road in this and Mm -hmm. they both, you know, gave up a lot because of their love for each other. Yeah, as much as as much as I insist that my books, <laughs> my books. <laughs> have a happily ever after, um, I think that if this movie were to end differently, it would not be as romantic as it is. I completely agree, Ellen. I think that there is something so romantic about this ending, and it's just it's so much more like angsty and dramatic and And heartbreaking and just like i mean really that last scene makes this movie i love everything else about this movie as well but that ending is it's so it's just so perfect there's just like every just every little look between them is so perfect and the way that they both play it and you can just see like these this whole range of emotion behind both of their eyes in every moment of the scene and it's it's just it's just so good and it is so good i i love i mean i just love everything i love how when she's asked you know what was your favorite leg of the journey and she's diving into her kind of rote response and she stops and she's like rome i will cherish every you know I'll Every remember moment. it forever. Yeah. And the looks between them. And I love when she walks, when she first walks out and catches eyes with him and just kind of like you just see, I mean, both of them just play it so well. And um, I love the way that they both kind of convey to each other, like, can I trust that you're not going to screw me over? And he <laughs> kind of says in front of everybody, you know, like, you can trust that the people have your interest um i also think there's a lot of humor in the scene like with his friend giving her the pictures and his friend and her face is when she gets the pictures and she looks and she's just like oh she's like (laughs) she's like thank you thank Uh, you and when he takes the picture of her with like his lighter camera i thought that was funny that's funny um but i think my personal favorite moment of this moment is when she says she's going to go down into the, the press and meet some members of the press, you know, what she's obviously doing just so she can have kind of this moment with Gregory Peck's character. And um, she, I just love that they show her shake every everybody's hand. hand. <laughs> and you and it's like because you can just feel it building for both of them as she's like walking down the line. And then when she's shaking people's hands after she's you know had her moment with Gregory Peck you just kind of like feel her like sinking kind of 
realization that she's really doing this. Like, they're really saying goodbye to each other. And this is really, like, she's, like, ending this chapter. And this is really the end of it. Um, and, I, yeah, I just love it. Well, I thought it was interesting because, gosh, she is so amazing in this movie. And um, I, when I was looking into it before, you know, before I was watching it, and mm-hmm. it was William Waller, he insisted yeah. on filming in Rome, insisted. They wanted to film it on a back lot in, you know, Hollywood. Southern California, yeah. yeah. And um, he insisted, no, it has to be in Rome. And so then that cut into his budget, so he wasn't able to film in Technicolor, and he had to hire this janky unknown actress to play the princess. <laughs> and, um, and you know, it even, it even says, introducing Audrey Hepburn, but gosh, she is so regal through the whole thing, even when she's... Being and her so charming and oh, sweet. she's just and so cute, and he is just delightful. Oh gosh, he's dreamy. He is like okay. This is kind of the first time where I've watched this movie with like grown up Ellen expectations of men, and I'm just like okay, I get you now, Gregory Peck. <laughs> like first of all, that voice, like check yes, yes. please, thank you. Deep, you can. Ugh say some other things to me thank you very much (laughs) um so i was like fully on board with gregory peck this time um it was also fun for me because this is the first time i think that i've watched it since i've learned italian so there was some fun things for me in there uh my bit of trivia about this movie that i liked was um it was introducing audrey hepburn but i guess when they were starting to market the movie gregory peck was like you may as well just put her name over the title because she is going to win an Oscar for this movie. And that is exactly what happened. She won the Oscar. Um, And yeah, I just, um, talking about things besides the ending, I, I, we've talked before about, I have a thing for guys tricking girls. Like there's something, (laughs) I have something, some weird thing for that. Um, But it's very entertaining in this movie. Him, trying to like pull one over on her and him and his photographer friend who he's always spilling things on as they're knocking him over tripping him and i love her thinking she's like pulling one over on him and she's so bad at (laughs) keeping it a secret it kind of cracks me up well they they are so cute and i just love this movie so much and um i love the scene at the truth the mouth of truth. The mouth of truth, um, which we pointed out is all ad-libbed. He ad-libbed the scene, and he told, you know, the director, yeah, you know, just keep filming because I'm going to pull this prank on her. Yeah. And so the whole thing with him pulling his hand out, and his hand was, you know, and yeah. she screamed. All of that was natural reaction to, yeah. to him pulling this prank on her. And, yeah. It's just adorable. So cute. And I love, I love that it was shot on location in Rome. And um, I s- still have not been to Rome. That is on my bucket list. I've been to a lot of other parts of Italy. Um, but when I did go to Rome, the thing that I insisted I had to do when I was in Italy, not so not Rome, sorry, when I went to Italy, um, I had to get my hair cut in Italy. And so I went and got like a little short haircut while I was in Italy for the first time when I went to Venice. 
Well, um, I bet yours was more expensive than hers because she literally left with like a dollar fifty and did all those little things. Yeah. Got gelato and everything, and so she probably paid fifty cents for yes, her. I, I I spent a lot more money when I was in Italy. <laughs> that is for sure. Um, but yeah, just all of their little adventures, and I and I also love him. Like, okay, you want champagne? Interesting. Okay, let's, <laughs> okay. Uh, I let's hope what his name shows up in time. <laughs> Well, and then her trying to drive the scooter, and I, she's all so cute and charming. Oh, and I love, I love in the beginning, too, when uh, he finds out she's a princess, and so he switches her over to his bed because he had put her on the couch. <laughs> well, I love, because she had told her, I don't know, the countess that took care of her, she told yeah. her, I want to sleep in a pajama top with no bottoms. And so when she wakes up and she's wearing pajamas, first thing she does is check to make sure she's got pants on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. Um, let's hear what some other people thought of Roman Holiday. Um, Elizabeth said, as for the movie, it's one of my all-time favorites. Gregory Peck is so sexy, and I love the scene where Audrey is waking up in his bedroom, not knowing how she got there. Perfect. Um, also, kudos for actually shooting in Rome and using the locals as extras. It makes the story feel so real. The ending tears me apart each time I watch it, but it's proof that you can have an enduring romance without the happily ever after. Um, Aieda says, now, Roman Holiday, I love it. Italy plus Audrey Hepburn plus Gregory Peck plus Gregory Peck's voice equals heart emoji. I like how Gregory Peck's voice gets its own mention. Um, Samantha says, uh, (laughs) she says, hi, everyone. I finally caught up on all the podcasts. I have felt like the crazy chick looking in the window from an outdoor bush while y'all talk books. I can now come in. Uh... Finished The Swedish Prince last night. I have never seen Roman Holiday, so I figured I would see if I could find it on the streaming places, but no dice. So now I am side-eyeing all the peeps at the library because someone checked out the library copy last night. Coincidence or fellow no yomo? Um, Yeah. Yeah, because we're, like, everywhere. We're taking over the world. (laughs) Um, Sure, we'll go with that. Yeah. Uh, And then... Wait, I gotta point out, I gotta point out. Okay. Um, my mother-in-law, Ellen's grandma, was okay. so in love with Gregory Peck that she named her son Gregory. My husband's name is Gregory. And so... See, I didn't know this bit of trivia, but <laughs> grandma had good taste. So, yeah. good, good so honor. She was quite smitten with Gregory Peck, enough to name her son Gregory. Well, as, as you should be and would be, <laughs> especially in that era, you know. Um, Karen says, I haven't seen Roman Holiday, but based on the author's note, I think I'd be dissatisfied with the ending. Um, Karen, I think you, you should, you should give it a try someday. It is, the ending, it is very sad, but it's such a good movie. Um, well, like I Jack- said, if it ended differently, I don't think it would have the, it, the movie wouldn't have had the impact that it did. Yeah, it's true. And then Jackie says, Roman Holiday is my all-time favorite movie. Gregory Peck, swoon. Audrey Hepburn, perfection. It's funny and sweet. Would it play well to modern audiences? Maybe not. There are quite a few things that you just wouldn't put in a movie today, or at least have to write differently or use different language. Usually, I'm all about a picture-perfect, love finds a way, happy ending, but it just doesn't make sense in this case, and that's why the ending is perfect and one of the reasons I love it so much. The sound of his shoes as he walks down the hall at the end gets me every time. When she looks at him and says Rome is her favorite, ugh, dead. Seriously. And yeah, that is such a good... It's, it's well, just... the sound of him walking out at the end down that empty hallway 
with his shoes just clicking in the empty hallway. It's just like, yeah, he's going to be alone. It, yeah, and it just clinches that, like, heartache yeah. towards the end there. But it does. It's, it's so good, you guys. It's so and good. really recommend if you've never seen it. It's kind of a classic, so. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Definitely in my top ten movies of all time. I mean, I love it. I don't, yeah. I mean, it's certainly in my top romance movies. Definitely. I'd have to think about where it would fall in my all time. Well, when we did our little romance grid thing, I kept trying to push it. I know. But you went with while you were sleeping. But it's because, it's because I have a hard time placing it as, it's because it doesn't have that happy it's ever because after. because you don't know what you're talking about. That's possibly true. <laughs> But I, it was very close to our end because yeah, I was, was the one really pushing it. Yeah. Um, so thanks so much again for joining us. Again, if you would like to join us for The Flat Chair by Beth O'Leary in one week on August 12th, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at NotYourMom'sRom or on Facebook or Goodreads, or you can email us at not your mom's romance book club at gmail.com don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show and we just love to read them all right thanks mom we we made it through this second you are welcome ellen recording of this episode i hope it didn't sound too uh rehearsed yeah me too because we've done it all before (laughs) y'all all right see ya bye